Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come aside, come aside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is Mr. Mike Sutherland. This is our Rough Night episode. We will be talking about that... uh, Glorious. Van Glorious movie. Van Glorious. Starring ScarJo and her Hillary hair. And... uh, also, we'll be talking about my flick of the week, which is going to be the 2012 documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. Okay. And do you have one this week? Nope. Damn, he's... Mike's having a two-week protest. I have, yes. <laughs> I've been it, just trying to get all the stuff done with the website. Yeah. Don't have enough time. So saith the song. All right, and then a couple of little news things. I, um, you I'm, know what? There's nothing really special with the news, um, so there won't we won't be going to any long rants. I don't think about news. So, all that and more. Cinescape movie reviews. Take it away. Cinescape magazine <laughs> podcast. You should just like, just fucking write it on my screen on my monitor. And just have a big motherfucker on there. Just, it just says motherfucker, and then it has lights flashing on it, and it has arrows pointing at what I should say because I never say it right it, it, ever. <laughs> but whatever, take it away, Hillary. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. All right, so yeah, uh, there were other movies that came out this week besides Rough Night, but we didn't really want to see them. I think one of them was It Comes at Night, um, which is funny because critics love it. People that saw it were half and half on it. I. I kind of wanted to see it, but eh, whatever. And then there was a, I don't know what else came out. Nothing good. Nothing, uh, yeah. So Nothing just, worth talking about. So, yeah, we, we decided to see, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> how do I lead into a movie that I'm just not that excited about, Mike? Uh, <coughs> I would say that. We, I got it for you. Oh, anyway. Throughout the course of history. <laughs> no. From Porky's to The Hangover. Yeah. The Bachelor Party has been a big staple of, and Porky's doesn't really, it's not a Bachelor Party, but party movies. Yeah. You know, good time, fun, pranks, and stuff like that, plus Bachelor movies. Yeah. Have been a big staple of the comedy genre. Yeah. You know, and every year we we get something new. Yeah. And when Paul Feig did Bridesmaid, Maids, it flipped the script. Mm-hmm. Especially when, I mean, come on, when you have a scene of a girl running out of a bride's 
a, a, a bridal dress shop. Yeah. And shitting, <laughs> uh, like into a sewer or a manhole or whatever the fuck she was in, in the middle of a street. Yeah. That changes things. <laughs> that's that's a game changer. Oh damn it! I I wanted to get into a rant about game changing on the other podcast. That's when it hits the fan. Apparently, have you ever seen? Just as a side note, real quick, have you ever seen the commercial for Waypoint? What is Waypoint? Waypoint is this. <laughs> what is Waypoint, Mike? Waypoint, is, or maybe it's Wayfair. Waypoint commercial. I think it is. After you do this, make sure you look up the uh, the <laughs> the Chuck Norris uh, commercial. No, I don't really want to. It's funny. Maybe it's Wayfair. They they offer free shipping. Anyways, right? And the dude's like, "Oh, this is this is a game changer. This is the best thing since sliced bread, right?" And I'm like, "Here, we've got you covered. This is it, I think." All right, so Wayfair. No, this is not the commercial. I'm really feeling this groove, dude. Okay. Here we go. So the dude's... It's a stupid commercial. But but his smile is infectious and makes me want to spend more time with the, with the product. The commercial that they have is fucking awful. And I have to, I, I have to, uh, find, come on, here it is. Dancing of the Dwelling Wayfair. Maybe this is it. No. But they have these commercials, Mm -hmm. Dance of the Dwelling. I have to. The problem is, is that I'm trying to find um, uh, this commercial where it has this guy that's singing that is so off key yeah. and sounds so bad, like he's bored. Yeah, you know, shop better. Like as if Stephen Wright was going to try to sing. Yeah, kind of. Come on, man! I, I didn't know this, but Stephen Wright has an Oscar. I found that out recently. He does? Yeah, for a uh, it's either a short film or a documentary that he did a long time ago. Oh yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. You know. I think this is it right here. Game changer. Technology at my fingertips. Why can't I look it the fuck up? I don't know. Here it is. <laughs> No, it's not. So, okay, so you heard the guy's voice. Shop better, roll better. It's like how everyone uses fucking awesome or amazing for everything now. And it's like, it's... It's a game changer. game Game changer is supposed to be a fucking game changer. Not something that you want people to think is... The next best thing. Yeah. Free shipping is not a game changer. Hey, it, it, it's the same thing with uh, gourmet. The word gourmet. Remember how that used to be a special word? I don't know, like 50 years ago. 
and now yeah, gourmet chef yeah now gourm- oh my yeah now gourmets on everything even the the cheapest quality cat food cans and shit gourmet organic yeah. mayonnaise natural yeah. natural don't mean shit anymore right <laughs> yeah organic don't mean shit anymore no but yeah it's just that commercial is fucking awful and when the guy started singing and joe joe looked straight up at me and he's like what the look on his face was what the fuck is this it's like because it's so it's awful spend better jerk off better i i yeah it's just i had to watch it again because it's so bad you dick Rock better, roll better. Yeah, better. It's like those um those kids commercials that come on in between cartoons after school. Yeah. Yes. No, no, in the morning. In the morning before school. That that's yeah. I remember <coughs> hearing shit like that in the morning. Right. So getting back to <laughs> get, I got that out of my system. Thank you. Getting back to uh uh rough night. With with all of the movies that have come out, and then Paul Feig doing Bridesmaids, Todd Phillips doing The Hangover, which stepped up the game. Oh, even American Pie as well. Yeah, but I'm talking more recent. American yeah. Pie, yes. but They did have a reunion. But recently <laughs> with, with The Hangover. Not necessarily Hangover 3. Hangover 2, maybe. But it was just the same one as Hangover. Yeah. Um, and Bridesmaids, it really stepped up the game for these bachelor party style movies. Yeah. And then you have Rough Night. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, when it all... Just like at the beginning of my review for this movie, I, I put, why should I spend the time writing about this movie when the people that wrote the movie didn't put enough effort into writing it? Um even though I ended up writing a long review about the movie. Because <laughs> I had a lot to say. Um, it's... this Okay. There is absolutely not one thing um, great about this movie. There's nothing great. There's no greatness. There's... I don't even, I don't even want to push the word good. It, it's... This is a, a below average comedy because... It's insulting to my intelligence level. If, if I know that sounds arrogant and shit, but it's, I, I, I the older I'm getting, the more dumb scripts, dumb stories, don't get to sneak their way past me anymore. It's, you look when we saw Dumb and Dumber two, and Dumb and Dumber, it, it, you can kind of forgive the, the the stupid writing and the and the and the dumb criminal element that ends up playing into the story because it's already it's already self-proclaimed as being dumb anyway right so okay i can kind of forgive it even though the movie ends up not being that great but with rough night you make a movie with with this cast which is a strong cast even even jillian bell which we'll get into about her even jillian bell is a strong actress when you see her in other roles i fucking saw her as Seth Rogen's uh, wife in uh, The Night Before. And she was fucking great in that, remember? We had praise for her in that. Absolutely. Okay? But all these characters, Scarlett Johansson included, don't get shit. 
They don't get shit to fucking say. They don't get shit to fucking do. It is just dumb. This is a dumb movie. And it's supposed to be a party. It's supposed to look like a summertime party movie. And and now finally the chicks are getting to do what the dudes have been getting to do for so long. And and it it fails. It it fails. It's it, it it pisses me off that I wasted my money on a movie that could have been written so much better. That that's my gist of it. Okay. It, it's it's uh, forced comedy. It's it is uh, predictable as hell. It's convenient as hell. And I, I'm, I'm really tired of poorly written comedies that end up tying everything up into a nice, pretty little bow by the end of the film. And everything is, is, has been magically fixed right at the end, right? For everybody. And everybody, everybody who's a, a, a savable character... Um, gets a reward for surviving to the end of the film, right? And it, it, it gets a reward. <laughs> yeah. They get a reward. In this movie, their reward is everything in their lives has now gotten way better than it was before, right? Absolutely. Everyone gets an improvement. Their relationships improve. Uh her senator status improves. Uh you know, her teacher status improves because, you know, she ends up, spoiler alert, finding the diamonds at the end of the fucking movie and also rekindling her friendship with her best friend, Scarlett Johansson. So it, it it's and then, you know, and I this is a waste. This is an entire waste of a film. And it's got all these people in it that I like. Okay, I've only seen um, what's her name, Alana Glazer, who played the character of uh, of Frankie, you know the the militant lesbian, right? right? Um, she was in the, the night before as well. She was the one that um, that uh, uh, Falcon <laughs> that Anthony Mackie was banging in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, she, from just that movie, you can tell that she's an interesting comedian, right? Or comedian. You know that she's 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 got talent, right? And so she's an interesting comedian, yes. Yes, but you can tell that there's some talent to her that she's got some screen presence, right? Just from seeing her in that movie. And then this movie doesn't really utilize that talent. Um, Zoe Kravitz, same fucking thing. I've seen her. She was in a movie um, that I, I gave high praise to from a couple years ago um, called Dope, where. She played, you know, it's set in the hood, and it's 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 directed by Forrest Whitaker. Well done movie. The the only problem is the second half is a contrast to the first half, which is the first half is funny and lighthearted, and the second half gets all serious. But Zoe Kravitz's character is really freaking good in it. You know that she can act. She's got her daddy's talent, man. And this movie, what what is Zoe fucking Kravitz doing this entire movie, dude? The entire movie, she just looks scared. The whole fucking time. She's just standing there like, right? And that's it. And it's just... she. It's not that she looks scared. She looks... Panicky? <laughs> outmatched. Mm-hmm. She's she's surrounded by Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Jillian Bell, who, who, I mean, different actresses, but one's a mega actress. Yeah. The other one's a fucking comedian that, you know, is really good at what she does. And then you have Zoe Kravitz, who, as as good as she is, I don't think... Outmatched? Yeah, she feels like she's she can't keep up with those guys. I That's what it s- seems I, I like. I could see that. I could see that, that she's, yeah. 
she 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 comes off as feeling outmatched. Okay, I could see that. Uh, and then yeah, Glazer's character only works for for so long with with whatever little bit of material she's got. Um, even even Kate McKinnon, who is who is a saving grace for a point to a point with this movie, where. She comes in and and like I told you, and that was the other thing. Is I forgot about Kate McKinnon. Yeah, and like I told you before, is that um, her facial expressions alone in this movie are better than the dialogue from anyone else over anyone one of her co-stars. That's how good Kate McKinnon is at what she does. She is very good at at, at physical comedy and. <laughs> What what other different categories of comedy there are? She's really good at what she does, um, but even she can only do so much with 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 this movie. She can only, you know, a lot of her dialogue isn't that great. It's, but she delivers it. She fucking de- she delivers it. You know, great for what it is. It's but um, there's just no. Uh, what was it I was gonna say about? Okay, the movie trailers made this movie look like. It was going to be really, really funny, but you still had a little bit of reservation to how funny it's going to be. Like, what if all the funny parts were in the trailer and then that's it, right? Well, this is how the genius of whoever made these trailers was. They had this movie to fucking scan through, and they you know, they watch it, then they pick the, the scenes that either they pick themselves or they're told to pick, and then they, they cram it all together and make the trailer to make it interesting and everything, right? So that you want to come see it. Um they made this trailer so well that they didn't make you realize that when you watched it on, you know, watch the actual entire film, that those scenes that looked funny in the trailer aren't as funny in the movie because they're awkward instead. They're the it's like a it's like when a joke dies down, you know, that everyone laughed at for a quick second and then it gets really quiet because no one's talking or and no one has anything awkward to talk. Awkward silence. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's the fucking awkward silence. And this movie does that. This movie has so many parts that end in an awkward silence that I'm uncomfortable sitting there trying to watch it. And it fucking culminates into, oh my God, I use the word culminates. I never use that fucking word. I'm getting smarter, Mike. I got to use it. it the awkwardness culminates into a scene that, Made me want to fucking leave the theater. I even mentioned to you, if you want to leave right now, we can fucking go. Yeah, and I, what did I say? I think you go, I'm tempted. No, well, I said I'm committed. <laughs> yeah, I know. And yeah, I, I, I was partially joking, but part of me wasn't joking. It was that fucking bad. It, that whole entire scene where where they're being tied up and they're they're trying to escape and, and, the, and the dialogue that's going around between them and their captors and the diamond heist captors and fucking bullshit... It it was so uncomfortably bad. It, it, it's fake. It was that there is a word for it. There you go. It's fake. It's very faked. It wouldn't even work on a cheap stage production. You know what I mean? It, it's just oh, it was I, fucking horrendous. Dude. It was horrendous. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and then and then I, look, I'll just get. I'll just pretty much blurt it out right now. This is supposed to be a movie about women in control of their own fun and, and doing their own doing their own thing together as friends, right? And instead, what ends up happening is that the the subplot of the boyfriend or the fiance ends up taking over the film and becoming the best parts of the film instead. 
and then you end up wanting to watch. I, I, I know, but I think, well, I'm pretty sure you too. We both ended up wanting to see the the boyfriend's sad astronaut trip <laughs> to, to Scarlett Johansson more than anything else. I didn't give a fuck if they went back to the to the to the nice house on the beach that they're in in Miami, right? Instead, I'd rather just see him in, in the fucking what was it, the Prius or whatever the fuck he's driving, because every movie now has got to have someone driving a fucking Prius. Oh, they look like a Yaris. Yaris or who cares doesn't matter yeah Um, I'd rather just see all the whole movie with him driving and getting into more shenanigans when when they arrived at the multi-million dollar house in Miami yeah although it wasn't filmed in Miami but when they yeah it was filmed in New York uh, no it was filmed in Los Angeles part of it was most of it was especially the uh the outside scenes and everything else yeah. like that. It's filmed in Santa Monica. It doesn't matter. When when they arrive at this multi million dollar mansion and the first thing that Scarlett Johansson says is don't get any don't don't stain the carpet, it's white carpet. You know something's going to happen. Yeah. And then of course, you know There's the, no the, surprise. The stripper thing. But Nobody gets anything on the carpet. I th- and that didn't even surprise me either. Do you know why? Like there was an article in the fucking um, on whatever the entertainment thread in the last couple of days about the big twist about you know the stripper twist yeah how he wasn't really the stripper yeah the big twist I got that from the get go when he came in and he was like awkward about everything yeah I already knew he was the wrong fucking guy yeah it's yeah exactly and so then who, you're not surprising me with shit and then whoever played the stripper was you know he was lame too yeah I can't remember he was a He's been in a lot of movies, but well, I know that the yeah the stripper oh the, well yeah he's from Arrow, he's the fucking oh yeah that's he's Speedy the, yeah Speedy from Arrow yeah yeah so um who got chunky in the face <laughs> he like, yeah his, it's just his face got bloated I don't know why he got the Lawrence Fishburne thing going on you know and then the pizza thing you know that was funny though that that was honest that was honest funny get out. <laughs> You know, like them, them like like no matter what they're going through, they're, they're hungry. You're hungry. You're fucking. No, hungry. when Kate McKinnon gave the guy fucking money from Australia. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you know, and then she just looked at him <laughs> and just basically said, "Get out." <laughs> yeah, like some evil voice. Yeah, you know, um, it. <laughs> Ty Burrell's character, Demi Moore's character, were complete wastes. They were, and and they had the opportunity, wasted opportunity. Right. They had the opportunity to be a great part of the film. And instead, it, their all their shit was rushed through. Yeah, and what what it could have been is they could have done like summer rental. Uh-huh. They could have gone to the wrong house, found out it was Demi Moore and fucking Ty Burrell's house, and then they and then they like, oh, it's okay. You you know, if you guys want to stay here until you find out, you know, what house you're staying in, they you know, uh, you're more than welcome. Yeah. And then like the first night is just nothing but weirdness and debauchery, right? Yeah. And Jillian Bell doing weird things. Uh-huh. But no, it turns into I scored some cocaine from some guy. Kate McKinnon starts off with I, I scored some cocaine from some from from the bathroom attendant, right? Oh, that was the, that was actually Elena um, Elena Glazer's guy. Yeah, yeah, Frankie. You know, and and then all of a sudden it's just like oh, I'm not going to do that, and then and then they're doing it, right? Yeah. But none of it is interesting. I know. I like the honesty of the characters, like. You know they're not inhibited. They're out there to have fun. Even though ScarJo's very, uh, very, cons- back. very conservative for a liberal, right? Um, <laughs> it, um, yeah, she's very conservative. Um, but I liked how 
that was one of the few positives of the movie was that the characters weren't uh, they weren't scared to be themselves. You know what I mean? Okay. I like that. I like. I don't. Know, I just like how the fact that I like how the movie isn't afraid to have all of them snorting coke and shit. Like it's not that big of a fucking deal. I know, but uh, and things like that and being the, themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, but there were. The, uh, it's hard to describe, but yeah, it. The but w- regardless, even when something in this movie does go right, it doesn't last for very long because everything else around it is plastic. Yes, perfect plastic it's cellophane <laughs> well it, here's the other thing okay so the dude dies right yeah and and then so what why didn't his phone get fucking tracked from the get-go that uh, they were searching for him um, but again but so what so this dude dies why didn't they just put him on the beach yeah they wouldn't even know like like they throw him in the water uh-huh. right and and that's it walk away yeah, and then like he sh- he washes up on the beach like oh oh my gosh he he washed up on the beach he just said he was going out for a swim yeah <laughs> no you don't even have to do that it'd be like he he could have been a surfer right he must have hit his head on a buoy yeah something happened he must have got sucked under yeah and done yeah no there's not there's not a but they had to make a big fucking production out of it and. <laughs> And, and comedy and, of errors yeah <laughs> that's pretty much what it is it's a comedy of it's errors comedy of stupidity yeah it's it's not even a comedy it's just a it's, it's a dumity <laughs> frantic comedy no it's where everyone's just like Kermit the Frog <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's everybody's screaming and yelling and crying and carrying on yeah the movie's more frantic than fun you know and then and then the tr- moment of truth you always have to have a fucking moment of Ugh. truth. And that was set up from the beginning. Yeah. Because you could see all the little seeds of jealousy from Jillian Bell's character. Right. Right. I don't invite you because it always turns into everything about you. Yeah. And then, of course, the card, which is, you know, you helped me some through some rough times. And yeah. Now we're best friends again. Is that, was that, 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 that instant sentimentality bullshit to fix everything. Right. It's like Con- plot convenience. God, can't the movie just be fucking fun? Can it just be fun? No, it has to have a morality. Can it. it have just fucking chicks going out and having a debaucherous time? Can it be fucking fun? No. No, instead, you add in fucking, you know, uh, Mayhem comes in as a fake cop <laughs> to, to get his fucking <laughs> That's diamonds. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, the actor's name is uh, uh, Dean Winters, right? Right. Um, he comes in with his fucking partner and, and you know... Th- Got it. Yeah, acting like cops and and I like Dean Winters because I've seen him in, besides Mayhem, which I love him as Mayhem. Um, he, he, I've seen him in, on um, Rescue Me and and a few other movies and shit. Oh, and the Sarah Con- uh, Connor Chronicles when that was on for a couple seasons, he was on that. I really liked the guy and 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 they they put him in shitty roles like this. I mean, he was great in fucking John Wick as uh, Michael Nyquist's uh, right hand man, right? Uh huh. But. You put him in something like this, and his character's completely his acting talent, or his on-screen charisma, all of it is just completely wasted. Um, his partner is nothing, no one worth talking about. Uh, Both of them. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, fucking goddamn it, dude. It. Yes, 
and I, it was funny because at first I was going to give this movie like a, I was going to give it like a three and a half to a four. And then I thought, and as I'm, I'm writing this, I'm like, no, no, fuck you. I'm not going to give a halfway decent score to a movie that doesn't even put an effort into utilizing the talent of its cast properly. Fuck you. Fuck you for stealing my money and giving me a shitty product. Yeah, it's garbage. So I, I gave it a two and a half, which is like the equivalent of one star. You know, this movie has some funny moments. There are some really fucking funny moments in it. You know, uh, the whole sad astronaut shit with all the, the meth and the and the diaper and the fucking... I'll suck your dick. Yeah, and the Red Bull shit. The, yeah, you know, you know who the truck driver was, right? I can't remember. That's Buzz from Home Alone. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, we we always see him pop up, and so he was in Masterminds. Okay, he had a barely speaking role in Masterminds, right. and he was that the fat monster guy in R.I.P.D., the pimp looking dude. One. Right. Yeah, um, I love seeing Buzz and shit because I, I, you know, I, I I like to see him pop up in more stuff, but they they always give him small roles. Yeah. Um, the threesome scene was funny for a moment, but it still it was a wasted opportunity in the long run because they didn't do enough with it. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, <laughs> the smart car thing. It was kind of funny how they wrecked the fucking smart car. Right. And then... Uh, he comes flying out and tumbles off the front. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I I like sight gags when they're done right. And the garage door going up and down and it wouldn't fucking stay up or down, you know? As they're all dancing and moving around yeah. and whatever else. What are you guys starting? A garage band? Yeah. <laughs> trying, to, trying to act normal but looking like as abnormal as possible while trying to act normal. It, it's just fun. It was funny. Um, and then, uh, and then the movie ends with, with Kate McKinnon singing that fucking song. <laughs> that fucking song. Yeah, we, we killed somebody. Yeah. The, that song was better than anything else in that entire movie. And that's bad. That, that is, the, the, how shitty does a movie have to be that just that is better than everything else? Pretty shitty. Yeah. So, but it is a fucking hilarious song. I, I mean, that, that's just, that's some funny shit, but. Uh, you know what that you know what that reminds me of? How funny that it, that the song is! It's just like uh, in uh, old school, at the at Will Ferrell's wedding, <laughs> when the dude's singing a uh, uh, a total eclipse of the heart, uh-huh. and all of a sudden he just throws a fucking in there, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Did he just say fucking? Did, did he?" <laughs> it's like that is great. That is fucking great. Anyway, uh. Yeah, I give the movie a two and a half stars out of a out of ten, or two and a half uh, out of ten stars. Um, but yeah, it. I don't suggest seeing this movie, and also that fucking that after credits scene where oh hey, the the missing diamonds miraculously showed up in the in the penis pasta, right? Give me a break. And you know that was their their way of of setting up a sequel because now they're all rich, right? They're all gonna be rich. And now they could party it, party somewhere else in the sequel, right? God. And then the same thing's gonna happen again. <gasps> How does this happen again? You know, it's kind of like Die Hard Two. Remember when Bonnie Bedelia says to says to John, she goes, "Why does this keep happening to us? <laughs> Why do shitty movies like this keep happening to us? Because we choose to see them. I know. So, but yeah, just." The only, the only real funny moments were the guys' party. Yeah, you know, 
where it felt authentic. <laughs> you know, they're they're sitting there, and yeah, I mean the wine, the the wine tasting was cheesy and stupid. We're gonna get crazy. It's chilled. Woo! Oh my god, stop it! And then you know, <laughs> stop it. I'm laughing so hard. It's just. It's crazy, you you know, uh, you fucking Tom Waits type character. Right? Yeah, and then, but it was it was after that when they're just lounging and they received the phone call, and I could understand. Look, you know, if but the phone call wasn't even fucking real. You still want to get married? Oh my god! Yeah, you know, I gotta go. It would have been it would have been more authentic if she said, "Hey, look, something happened. I need you to come here. Yeah, and help me take care of something." Bring your friends or whatever. Yeah. You know? And, or, yeah, we'll just st- stick with that fucking thing right there. And, but his friend's like, oh, she's cheating on you, you know? And that's how a conversation would be. Like, oh, that bitch, you know, she's she's obviously up to something, right? Yeah. And, or, you know, she could have butt dialed him, which could happen, right? Yeah. And then you just overhear a conversation, and, like, one of the people just says, you know, he's kind of a douche type of thing. And it's completely misinterpreted. Yeah. You know, it's the three's company thing. Yeah. And and so he goes down there to what do whatever, and that whole road trip happens with all of them wearing diapers and getting pulled over and the dick-sucking incidences and <laughs> the meth incidents and the fucking Adderall that's been expired and, you know, and then, you know, when he gets out of the car, he fucking just collapses. Yeah. Which is hilarious, wearing a diaper. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And in between all that, you have just garbage. You have a shitty story, you know, where she, it's supposed to be f- like she's a she's a running for for office. Yeah, what did that have to and do with anything other than nothing? They're they're, they're weak, shitty backstory at supporting Hillary Clinton and shitty backstory. Yeah, you know, it has nothing to do with anything. It had nothing. It it, it was it it was a waste. Garbage, yeah. I, dude, I just, yeah. I, fuck this movie. <laughs> Do you want to go see uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, the Afro Americano version that comes out in a, a month? No. <laughs> Come on, man. You got like, uh, what's it, Jada Pinkett peeing, <laughs> peeing in the middle of Mardi Gras? No, I, I, I don't want to see. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that fucking movie because it's going to be the same thing. It doesn't look funny. It's the booty hole. You know, I, I. <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. I don't want to do this. Oh, don't worry about it. It'll just be over quickly. Yeah. You know, you already know what's going on. Nothing gets out. You don't get an infection in your booty hole. <laughs> but stop it. <laughs> I know. God damn it, man! It's like they just forced this shit on you. And it, yeah. So we 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 well, we didn't really learn our lesson. We just picked the lesser of of a few evils for this week. So we I never learn our lesson. Ugh. I. I there was a little bit of a hope there, but yeah, uh, Jillian Bell, dude, I, th- I'm done. I'm done with her. I, 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 I know that she's capable of better, but they're not giving her better. They're giving her the same shit, and she's accepting it. You know, and I, I know I mentioned like with the POS that they're just trying to make her the, you know, the next, uh, or the was it the, you know, the, the chick version of uh, who did I say? Jillian Bell. Yeah, no, of Jillian Bell. Who would I? Um, God damn it, I'm I fucking brain farted it. But yeah, they. I I changed it in my review. Like I, I said, they're trying to make her like a chick version of Will Ferrell, who's always freaking oh, right. out at shit and doing the extremes and and blah 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 blah. So 
I she's better than this, but Hollywood doesn't give a shit, do they? Oh, Rob Riggle. That's what I was gonna say. She was the female version of Rob Riggle. That's what I said in my POS, right? Where right. they just they just stereotype the character or the actor and make them do the same shit. Which I, I ends up having me repeat myself over and over again for vamping for time. Vamping for time. <laughs> All right. So fuck this movie. It is a piece of shit. Yes? Yes. All right. Movie currently has a uh, uh, 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not know what our predictions were for the movie. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to lead into it very slowly. Because <laughs> so, I've been... Uh, so I can see it on the, on the computer screen. Uh, rough night. I gave it a seventy-five. You damn dude, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. Oh, you get a cookie. I get a pretzel. You get a cookie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're both on par though with the the Transformers thing because even though the predi- even though the Rotten Tomatoes isn't finished with it yet because it just started, we're pretty close. What is it predicting? Seventeen. Um, I predict. Well, I predict. Yeah. Um, right now, it started off at the beginning of today at ten, <laughs> and then and then now. So like, we are we are right in the middle. Yeah, and then where it's right in the middle. And then at the end of the day, it was at like seventeen. So um, there's still plenty of time for more people to hate it. Don't worry. I think it's gonna go down. <laughs> I think it'll go down some more. But yeah, I gave it a fifteen, being generous. Fuck you. Um, and you gave it a two, which. Fucking, you might be, you might be right. So, apparently, this is getting worse rating than even Age of Extinction. Yeah. That's pretty fucking bad. If you're worse than Age of Extinction, this movie looks like shit. I mean, <laughs> come on, you have a, you have a fucking twelve year old girl. I want to stay and I want to fight. Yeah. And then, dude, they have an entire campaign dedicated to just showing these kids fighting against these giant robots. Please stop. Please stop it. Who's making this movie, Sony? No, it's uh, is it, I think it's Paramount. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much, Steven Spielberg, for producing this shit. I can't blame him. He's all he's doing is cashing the royalty checks. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's why he's he doesn't. Not, imagine though, imagine what a Transformers movie might be like if Steven Spielberg stepped in to direct. Oh my god, dude, it would be like night and day, right? Well, that movie was a Transformer. Night and Bay. That movie was Cameron Diaz and I, Tom Cruise. I, yeah, I didn't say Knight and Day. Um, that was a good joke, goddammit. <laughs> Can't kiss me, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Can't kiss me, Cameron Diaz. <laughs> there we go. All right. So, uh, yeah, I uh, let's move on because I'm done with fucking Rough Night. And Transformers, we'll be talking about that plenty more next week. Uh all right, flicks of the week. So I'm the only. I don't wanna. I'm the f- only fucker here. Uh, the yeah, my, Joe does all the work. Mine is a 2012 uh, documentary, musical documentary called "Searching for Sugar Man." Now, I'm gonna say this from the get go. If you, if my recommendation for this film makes you want to see it, do not look up any information about it. This I've th- read about this movie and. Um, that's why I was looking at at, at uh-huh. here. I've got the DVD right here, and and I couldn't see who's on it, but um, because I am not going to look it up on IMDb. If you like surprises, um, it's it's better to watch this movie without any knowledge about anything about it going into it, and that's why I can't give away too much information on the movie 
but I can give you some things, and I will. I'll give you the to the best of my abilities. Uh, this movie is, of course, a documentary. Um, it's done by uh, by a guy named Malik uh, Bendeluj. I can't even fucking do his last name. Anyway, there's something uh, tragic about this guy. Ben, ben, I think it's Ben Benjaloo. Okay, Benjaloo. Yeah, it could be it. Uh, but I'll, I'll get more of him in a second. This movie He's tragic. is about, it starts off in South Africa, South Africa, where it's it's talking, uh, there's a guy that um, that's being interviewed and he's talking about a one of the most underrated musicians of all time. And oh, he calls that, the guy. That would be what you're talking about right there. Yeah, it is. And it's fucking tragic, dude. It's like, God damn. I'm not, I'm trying. Yeah. God um, damn it. But anyway, it would have come up anyway. This guy yeah. in South Africa, he talk he talks about the one of the most underrated musicians of of all time, and it's a guy named Rodriguez, and the movie, Rodriguez Rodriguez, and the movie cuts into um, scenes in Detroit. It's Arabic, and what's really cool is that when it's showing certain scenes where it's doing like the. You know where the camera's on a rail and it's moving across the scene. Yeah, it's called ra- on rails, right? And it, it'll do this thing where it'll 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 all of a sudden blend into becoming animated for a second, uh-huh. and then go back to real life again. And okay. it, it's fucking cool. And you uh, you without trying to give too much away, this movie talks about the uh, the guy named Rodriguez who made this music in the early seventies that is very Dylan esque. Yeah, he did a he did a documentary in two thousand one just for all of you guys called the history of heavy heavy metal. Uh-huh. Um, it's got Johan Larson, Mikhail Bjornsson, and the cast has Ronnie James Dio, Alice Cooper, Rob yeah. Halford, Bruce Dickinson, Ian Gillen, who has tragically passed away as well, uh-huh. and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, um, this movie won the uh, Oscar uh-huh. uh, for best documentary. Um, and it, it just fucking deserves it. It's very well done. Uh, this guy, Rodriguez, his music, which was not a hit in the States, and the guy ended up disappearing, and there was a shitload of rumors about uh, suicide and, and, and like, detailed rumors about different kinds of suicide that he committed, right? Uh-huh. So it became almost like a legend in a way, right? Uh, or, a, you know, like almost like a mythology with right. this surrounding this guy. And then nothing. You don't know nothing about him, right? Um, they're playing his music. They're playing songs from his couple, his two albums that he did Rodriguez. throughout the film. And the music, look, it. I have a certain styles that I'm into. and I have, But even though I have a wide taste for different range kinds of music... This his music isn't normally my style, but I will say this: his shit is was so fucking good for the time period. He sounds just as good, if not better, than a lot of Dylan shit. And I, I'm not kidding you; it's that fucking good. Um, well, I'm looking him up right now, uh, Sugarman.org. Yeah, but, don't uh, and, and yeah, try not to because I like I said, the movie's even better when you okay when, when the surprise comes in there. In 1997, Stephen Sugar Seegerman set up a website called The Great Rodriguez Hunt with the intent of finding any information about the mysterious man himself. Uh, actually, we have some pictures of him. Sixto Rodriguez yeah. is his name. Sixto Diaz Rodriguez. Sixto, yeah. So there we go. 
Um, I'm I'm not looking up anything finding Sugarman because I'm only looking up Rodriguez. Uh-huh. So, um, American singer songwriter from Detroit, which Joe didn't talk about. Uh, I said it was in Detroit. Did you? Uh, I've been paying attention. They went to scenes, that, you know. There's it goes into scenes and in, filmed in, in in Detroit and stuff. Right. Uh, according to the filmmakers of the documentary, sales of his records outnumbered those of Elvis in South Africa. Uh, it was incorrectly rumored that he had committed suicide after releasing his first album, but it, all it did was tank. Um, yeah, his his albums made no money in the states. So yeah. the whole idea behind searching for Sugarman is Rodriguez's career revives. Okay, um, and some determined South African fans are searching for him, and they're trying to find and contact Rodriguez. Yeah, that's the idea behind searching for Sugarman. Yeah, okay? and it was damn near. And what was, what's fascinating about certain scenes in this movie is that no one could find anything out about him during apartheid because there was a shit ton of censorship back then, and so like when you had. Um, any kind of quote unquote questionable music when records were at, at record stations there at radio stations there, there would actually be songs that would be scribbled out on the record so that they couldn't be played right. for anyone to hear. And they actually showed you the actual records um, in, in libraries and stuff in there. Um, but yeah, it was like there was so little information about Rodriguez that it just added fuel to the, to the, to the mythology and to the fire to search for this guy. Right. Uh huh. And it, that's what becomes so fun about the movie is what happened. What happened with Rodriguez? Well, here, here's know? the other thing. Rodriguez recorded a song called "I'll Slip Away" in 1967. Okay, under the name Rod Space Riguez. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he didn't record again until he signed with Sussex Records three years later, which is an offshoot of Buddha Records. He used his preferred professional name Rodriguez after that, and he recorded two albums. One in 1970 called Cold Fact. Yeah. Just to let you know how long ago this was. Yeah. And the other one in 1971 called Coming From Reality. Yep. And he was it didn't do well in the United States and he was dropped. Yeah. And then now there is one, there's a controversy with this film that I'm not really giving anything away, but a couple critics um, accuse this movie of, of myth making by the fact that, that, that it's completely omitted in the film that... He also was popular in Australia, and he actually went over in the late 70s and did a, a few tours over there in Australia in the late 70s right. and early, or like 80, up to 81. That's completely not, that's never mentioned in this documentary at all. But putting that aside, all the other stuff with this guy is, is pretty fucking cool, and it's fascinating, and his music it sounds just as good as any other mainstream shit that they've been playing over the radio for the last forty years. Right. Especially when you when you compare it to, to Bob Dylan and stuff like that. When when you're a musician, it doesn't matter when you write the song or when you release it. You know. If, yeah. A hit is a hit, right? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to writing music, these like this guy Sixto, okay, Rodriguez, uh-huh. he could give a fuck less about being rich and famous. A superstar, yeah. He's a musician. Yeah. Like, pure, he's a fucking pure musician. Okay. Rodriguez quit his career, and in 1976, he purchased a derelict Detroit house and a government auction for 50 bucks. 50 bucks. And he still lives there. 
He worked in demolition and production line work. Uh, he remained politically active and motivated to improve the lives of the city's working class inhabitants and has tried to run several times for public office and uh, and, and mayor um, and the House of Representatives. He has three daughters. Um, it was announced that Rodriguez was in discussions with Steve Rowland, the producer of his Coming From Reality album, you know, to produce another album. He also plays music. He still plays music. Um, here, um, he doesn't possess a phone, you know, no telephone, no cell phone, so they say, and occasionally visits bars in, in the Cass Corridor section of Detroit near Woodbridge in Midtown Detroit, where he has performed live concerts for small local crowds. So that doesn't mean that he's done. It's just that he's not, you know, he, he's not a fucking fame chaser like a lot of us are. He could care less. He just wants to play his music. And that's what he's been doing. He hasn't gotten out of the industry. He just walked away from the recording end of it because it's bullshit. Yeah, when, and there's interviews with uh, with record industry people that um, that knew him. And their, their conversations about him, they're very interesting because they're like, dude, this guy was it. He, he, was, he had it. Yeah. And the fact that his albums didn't make any money over here was... It was it was the most, con- it was it was the weirdest thing ever. It, it it made no sense because no one backed him. Yeah, you know when you find a talent, you have to, you have to, put it out there. You have to promote it. You have to you know the the reason why we're struggling is because we don't promote the shit out of this. Yeah, and that's the that's ninety nine percent of being successful when you're doing stuff in entertainment is you make something, you promote it. You make something, you promote it. That's yeah. why when you're a new band, you write an album, you go and tour. Yeah. And then you write another album, you go and tour, and you do that until you can headline. And then, then you can do it whenever you want. Yeah. So so Sugar Man, Searching for Sugar Man, there's an enthusiasm with this movie about, um, about talent and, and, and that was overlooked. And the fact it, it made me start to question things like I, I this thought popped in my head before, but and you've also mentioned it about how you know the radio stations tell you what to listen to, right? Yeah. And there's all this good music out there, including bands that that were popular for a little while, you know, mainstream popular for a little while, uh-huh. right? Where they're still making good shit, but no, no one fucking plays promotes them. You never hear them on the radios. Yeah, Great White just came out with a brand new album, and they have a. It's called Full Circle, uh-huh. and the first single off the album is basically a um, a uh, um, a continuation mm-hmm. of one of their older songs. The same chord pro- progression and everything else. Okay, and um, it's really good. Uh-huh. I heard I, I listened to it a couple, but a couple it's not going to get that mainstream play, is it? It is not because again. Mainstream radio, even on Sirius XM, listen, hearing trying to hear new rock music. Yeah, and this is a big failure. And I wish, I wish there was a way that I could do something with this yeah. without having to pay the enormous fees yeah. associated with paying record companies a massive amount of money so that they could pay shit wages to the people that make the music. Yeah, the um, actual talent. You mean the actual talent? Yes. Um, that being able, being able to 
give people new music from established artists yeah is is something that I think is essential to continue to, to continue your success <laughs> I mean that's just a stupid statement but look <clears throat> when radio is not promoting anything other than the same old shit that they've been promoting and especially here when you listen to when you listen to the local rock station yeah and then they play something like oh you know um uh they play some fucking garbage just rap you know <laughs> yeah not not Kanye West rap but you know they might as well just call it fucking rap yeah and it and it doesn't fit with the flow of the station you know 98 rock is a rock station but they primarily play oh, fuck here they've we been, go they've been playing some soft rock shit sometimes hell they even played that one song Gautier, go by the band Gautier that Goat whore? You know. No, they wouldn't play Goat Whore. Oh, they still have Rob Arnie and Don. Is this still I'll oh, rob anybody and Don? Ugh. Pat, Mikey. Yeah, um yeah, the uh Dog and Joe, they left the station. They I know. went to they went to ninety three seven. I know. Yeah, and uh and then Arnie, I, I Arnie last thing I saw about Arnie was uh He's doing comedy. He was doing stand up, yeah, like he was performing at Silver Legacy or some shit. Yeah. I'm trying to. Uh, Isn't it funny how radio, radio um, DJs never look like their voices ever? Like Pat Martin. Pat, Mar- Pat Martin. I have a certain picture in my head of the way Pat Martin looks, and that picture looks nothing like him. Rob from from that fucking shitty show um, looks nothing like his voice to me. Any of them, every fucking time, it's a complete different person than my than I picture in my head. I'm trying to find a playlist and oh, yeah. listen live. I don't want to listen live. Well, you can mute it. <laughs> I'm going to. Rock and Cake. roll lifestyle by Cake. Cake. Which that's forgivable because it's Sacramento band, so I, I can forgive that. Highway tune by Greta Van Fleet. Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. Somewhere where I Somewhere I Belong by Lincoln Park. Baby by Royal Republic. I don't even know who that fucking band Baby? is. Baby? A white card? Oh my gosh. Great googly moogly. Super speed roller disco thunder show. Okay, I can get into this. This is not bad. <laughs> this actually is a bunch of guys, you know fucking at a roller disco like, retro is always fun but it's it's not a bad song so well, we haven't got to the chorus yet dude so you, it, I, it, yeah i can already tell dude this is a fucking good song all right i'll forgive this song but the the majority of the shit it's, is shit dude yeah it's it's fucking <laughs> it's hilarious Cheese nacho baby. <laughs> it's it's fucking catchy. It's got a good hook to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else they got on their playlist? It, yeah. They they sound. Uh, they sound like Clutch. Okay. So I'm good with it, and I love Clutch. So that was. Uh, let's see. What did Boneyard 
playlist. Ozzy's Boneyard. Yeah. Ozzy's Boneyard. What do they play? I don't know. What do they got? Sweet Home Alabama in there? No. <laughs> no more tears? I'm trying to find out um, what they played. So, where the fuck are you? <sighs> I What's on? Just we go me. back up to the top. It's all the way at the top. There is nothing on. What's on? Where? Listen online. No, I don't need to do that. If it says what's on, why don't you click on what's on? Because I have to fucking sign in. Because then it'll show you what's on. Okay. (laughs) I'll do what you say, and I'll do it the right way. Do you see what's going on? I see what's on. Do you see what's on? Yes, it's find a show or channel. Yeah, I got you. Okay, now I'm going to do it the right way. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. There we go. It's going to take a minute. I have to log in. So, look, the list is going to come up, but it, the gist of all of what we're talking about is there's some really good shit out there, and there's really good music out there that no most people don't know about, most people don't hear. I really wanted to get to the Octane side. Well, yeah, absolutely. Radio sets it up so that when they do, when they call people and do polls, they call the same people over and over again. And they go, have you ever heard of this song? No. Have you ever heard of this song? No. Have you heard of Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that song. Yeah, it's a good song. You know, have you heard Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears? Yes. That's a good song. I really like that. But they don't go, have you heard of Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley? Oh, Or yeah. Suicide Solution or Bark of the Moon. Not Bark of the Moon, but uh, hmm. uh, there's a million of them out there. Uh, over the mountain, flying high again, things like that, mm-hmm. which they do play, but they don't play enough of. You know, they'll say, oh, "Have you heard of Metallica's Master of Puppets?" How about Dyer's Eve? Oh, I don't know that song. Trampled underfoot. Oh, I know that song. That's Led yeah. Zeppelin. Have you heard Fuel by Metallica? Yeah. Or Enter Sandman. Holy fuck, Enter yeah. Sandman. Sad death. but true. Yeah. You know, or Unforgiven. But there's, but they have like ten albums. There's a hundred. There's almost two hundred songs of Metallica. Yeah. You know. But they play three. You know, and it gets fucking old. Gets old very quickly. I don't even listen to. I don't if I if I'm stuck at a point where I have to listen to local radio because I, I don't have my phone with me or or whatever. I, I always end up surfing and then just end up I don't know. I end up going to the fucking classical music station and just leaving it on that instead because there's nothing. There's nothing worthwhile, and fuck local radio. All of these, all of these stations are a bunch of, of conformist pussies. Every fucking time. But yeah. Anyway, searching for Sugarman is is a great example of music of good music that's been ignored and didn't get its um, its just rewards. Um, for a very long time. Luckily for, like I said, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, even though Mike did. Um, <laughs> I didn't give much away. Uh, there's, there's, there's some good payoff with 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 this movie, um, but there's a lot of other artists out there. I would assume there's hundreds, if not thousands, of other artists out there that put out really good music that no one ever gave a shit about, and. A movie like this is kind of, you know, gives you a perspective. Like, there's, 
You know, who else? You know what I mean? Who else? I don't know. Who else? You know? Who? So anyway, um, yeah, it, the movie had an 100% uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, now, though, uh, since the since 2012, it's gone down to 94%. Because I guess there was a couple of critics that had like a problem with, like, like I said, the myth, the myth-making thing. Could by okay. by the movie omitting the Australia tour, um, but uh, th- th- that's that's piddly shit. Um, it's still the majority of it's it's fascinating. Um, it's a fascinating story and it's well to, very well told. Um, and then uh, and then yeah, once you um, watch the movie, it, it, you just look up the director, man. Holy shit, uh, this guy was like a new up and comer, and and just to find out what happened with him. A couple of years after the movie won an Oscar, um, he did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just you read about how he died, and it's fucking sad, man. Anyway, uh, it's just interesting tale to hear. Um, searching for Sugarman, man. That's it. That's it. that's what I got. All right. Um, you know what? I didn't really. There's no trailers worth talking about this week. Yeah, the Daddy's Home Part Two trailer that. You know, it, it looks interesting enough because Mel Gibson and John Lithgow are in it, but it's still going to be the dumb forced comedy, right? So um, I don't think that those two um, having con- contrasting, uh, you know, parenting skills are going to be enough to save the, save a movie like that, right? But it looks it looks like it might it might have its f- funny moments, but I don't really give a shit because we're probably not going to be seeing it unless there's nothing out when it does. And that comes out in November, dude. And from what I remember, there's a lot of good shit coming out in November. I ain't seen. I don't fucking wasted my time with that bullshit. So, a uh, couple things. Uh, that's it for news, man. The, uh, apparently, uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller were fired from the Han Solo uh, solo project. <laughs> yeah, the Han Solo legends, oh. or however they're doing a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, yeah, look. It's real simple. Even when, when you don't read the article, you pretty much know what what happened by by them working with Disney. It's the reason why Josh Trank got fired. It's the reason why Joss Whedon got fired, and it's the reason why a lot of other directors have problems with Disney and Marvel and and Lucas, and not just that, but you know, um, even with the Universal Dark Dark. Dark Universe, yeah, and it's gonna happen with. Uh, um, uh, in fact, it already happened with the DC Universe because the guy that was doing the Flash movie walked away from it. Uh huh. So, um, and it's what you were going to say, which is, is <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's just it, look. We've already seen this before. You know, um, either you know directors walking away because of creative differences or. Or getting fired. It's you know what it is. It, you have to follow what they want. They have a specific guideline. They already have it set up. Okay. They just bring in the talent because maybe he'll makes you know the, whatever director they pick might have you know might make gloss things up in, in a you know a little better way, but still on the same guidelines of what they want, right? So if they if the guy either quits or gets fired, you know why? Because he wasn't playing ball. Yeah, Phil well, you, Lord. And I mean, Chris, you 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 took a long time to get to that point. <laughs> it's it comes down to I built the watch, man. It's a fucking it's 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 Lucasfilm sandbox, and you are invited to play. Yeah, and that's exactly what Gareth Edwards said, and that's exactly what J.J. Abrams said, and it comes down to 
you have been invited to come and play in the sandbox or the toy box or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And they have specific rules. And if you can't follow those specific rules, don't come to the sandbox. Yeah. Don't tell somebody you're going to do it and do it their way because that's that's the whole part of the negotiation process. Yeah. They when Kathleen Kennedy came to them, they she said, "I want you guys to make a movie and I love the way you do things, but it has to be a specific way to do it." And we already have a plan. So when you come aboard, I expect you guys to, you know, play ball. Yeah. Cuz she doesn't fuck around. No. She's not that type of person. She doesn't fucking she 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 doesn't build a watch. <laughs> you know, she doesn't she doesn't promise them everything and and give them nothing. She tells them the truth of what's going on and she's straight up about it as well as everybody else at Lucasfilm and this is the way it's got to be done. If you can't do it that way, then get the fuck out. Look, she's not working for Fox. She's not working for Sony. She's working for the big dogs <laughs> and you know, they're they're got She their- was working for the big dogs before she she was working for a big dog. Before they were sold to the bigger dogs, yeah. She was she was given the reins to Lucasfilm before George Lucas sold the fucking company, and he personally recommended that they hire her. Endorsed, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it, yeah, it just you can see. We don't need to go into comp- comparisons, but <laughs> you can see we we all know you know why. Things go the way they go. It, it, the shit's working, man. Why fuck with something that's working by having someone come in and try to throw a monkey wrench, you know, a metaphorical monkey wrench into things by changing shit up? Uh, until they fuck up, dude, you can't really criticize them because their game plan's been pretty goddamn strong, hasn't it? Yes. Um, all right. Uh, and then, you know what? If you want to talk about it, dude, the only other thing is uh, I, I, I wanted to mention the fucking hype. That came out yesterday because of Kiz- Carrie Fisher. It's like, dude, what whoop de fucking do? Who is it really that fucking big a deal that she had drugs in her system? Is it really? No. All these people, and I I, I, I went onto a feed and I, I just said, look, she never claimed to be completely sober. She never did. So why is everyone acting fucking shocked? She had a long life, she had no fucking regrets. Let her fucking live in... Let her be dead in peace. Let it fucking go. Who gives a shit? Okay? You want to talk about shocking? Then talk about, say, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay? Because everyone thought that he was sober. Or, I'm sorry, mostly everyone thought that he was sober for the last 20 years or so. And then all of a sudden, when he dies of this major fucking overdose, and and you find all this fucking heroin in his apartment and shit, that's more shocking. Because it was like, oh, I thought, you know... Okay. But still... Let it's oh it's done with the, you can't change it, move on with your lives. That's, yeah, that's because that was shocking with Philip Seymour Hoffman dying. I said more. No, it wasn't. That's more tragic. It's more, whatever. Fuck you, man. I, I, I don't. Shocking. Look, it, shocking is is just the word I used, but it's not shocking. It's just more. I don't know. Whatever. Impactful. <laughs> There we go. Impactful. You know, when there's someone that you like, a, a great talent that, that, you know, that could make it all the way through. That That's fucking sad. But whatever. That's not our lives, right? So. No. Um, anyway, so next time, of course, I already mentioned it, but we will be talking about the last Knight uh, Transformers. Knigget. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome that even uh, Hannibal Lecter can't fucking save it. And, uh, yeah, we'll get Knights of the Roundtable bullshit. Okay. I, 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 Cinescape movie reviews, Cinescape magazine movie reviews. I am me, you are you. C'est la vie, adieu. <laughs> adieu. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it. My handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah. Follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet. <laughs> tweeter. You can tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at... What about you? MPS 5150, because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah? Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> shower, yeah. Share, share the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. <laughs> Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yay.